Welcome to the Embracing Your Unlimited Possibilities podcast, the podcast that will rock your world. I am Carol A. Briney, and I am honored and humbled to be your host on this journey. It is my passion to help you to hear and follow your inner guidance so that you can live the life of your dreams. This podcast asks the question, do you remember who you were before everyone told you who you should be? I am here to remind you of your intimate connection to Source. You, my friend, are a divine being having a human experience here on Earth, not the other way around. And just in case you cannot see the divine in yourself, I will be here to hold that vision for you until you can see it too. Joyous greetings and welcome to the Embracing Your Unlimited Possibilities podcast. I am your host, Carol A. Briney, and I am thrilled to be here sharing new thoughts and ancient wisdom as we walk down our path of joyous expansion together. I'm so excited today. My guest is one of my longtime friends and mentors. She has been teaching women how to grow their businesses and get paid what they are worth for almost 15 years. In the past, Her successful image and bright smile never revealed the chaotic and frantic lifestyle that went on behind the scenes in her life. Her choice to do it all led to a serious illness which required drastic changes. To her surprise, these changes resulted in an immediate growth in her business, improved health, and focused intentional lifestyle. Please help me to welcome the awesome Beth Caldwell. Hello, Carol. How nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure. I'm thrilled that you're here today. And we are going to talk about your new book today. I absolutely love it. It's titled From Frantic to Focused. And let's share with people a little bit about this book, because it is just so on point for people's lives in this day and age. Yes, yes, and at just the right time, I think, at just the right time. And it's so interesting, because I waited a long time to write this book, Carol. I've been teaching this topic now for four years uh, in workshops and conferences and teleseminars and webinars, and, and, and I... You know, I, I thought that I had mastered this topic and because I was living it and then teaching it for four years, and then I got the courage to write the book, and my life went frantic. And it was so interesting how I had to, during the writing of this book, I had to use my own principles. And I have to tell you, that didn't really – my ego didn't appreciate that. <laughs> and and it was very humbling. It was very humbling. But I kept telling myself as I was navigating chaos in the past 10 months um, that this was going to make a good story on stage. That was, that was sort of the way that I coped with it. But, but it, was, it was definitely an interesting journey um, over the past years and, and then especially the, the 10 months that it took me to write this. 
isn't that always the way it is? Don't we always teach what we need to learn most? And isn't that so frustrating sometimes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Didn't I, didn't I master this already? What, what are we doing here? But apparently there were still some lessons that I needed to have um, learn more deeply or more thoroughly, right? I, I needed to really experience some things. Um, so I do have some uh, great stories to tell now. Yeah, I hear you. You know, many people, women especially, men don't do this as much, but women, oh, man, I don't know where we were taught this, but we love telling people constantly how busy we are. We wear our busyness like a badge on our chest that we are so proud of how busy we are. Um, you know, I hear women say, I'm busier than you are. You have no idea what my schedule looks like. Um, you know, it's like the woman with the most on her to-do list is the winner. How can you and your book help a woman in this situation? Well, you know, Carol, you were the one who taught me years ago that introduced me to that concept. I remember you saying that. We wear our busyness like a badge, and that stung a little bit because that's exactly what I did at that time. I was very proud to show my calendar at the time. It was a date book, not an electronic calendar like we have now. It was a date book, monthly date book, that I was so proud that when I opened it, there wasn't one bit of white, no white space at all. And I used to just get tickled and delighted when I would open my date book and, and a woman would go, oh, that I thought was impressive couldn't be more opposite. I, I drove myself to a serious, serious illness, and I don't do anything in a small way. I was really sick, and where I had, had spent all that time being busy, wearing my busyness as a badge, as you say, like a badge, um, that here I was with two um, not-grown children, not even old enough to drive, two early teenage children, and um, their mom has to have a nurse coming in to take care of them. That was a big wake-up call. Um, there was, I'd imagine that was quite frightening for you. Terrifying. And and what had happened was the opposite of what I wanted to happen. I wanted complete independence. And um, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I wanted, I guess, time and money freedom was what I was striving for at that time. And what I wound up was was the opposite of that. And my calendar, because of my illness, went from no white space to nothing but white space. It was a restart, which often happens uh, when you're on the wrong path. <laughs> you can't put on a new one, and it's a fresh, it's a fresh slate. But I had some pretty serious choices to make. Being a sick 36-year-old woman on the couch that needed people from church in the community to cook meals and drive your kids to soccer and Boy Scouts, that is not the woman that I wanted to be. That was not my plan. How did that happen? I did it to myself. Even worse, I did it to myself, right? So um, so that is, I, I agree with you. I don't know where we learned that or why we do that as women. And you're right, men don't do that. Men, it was just silly to be so busy that you don't have time to sleep or eat or visit your mom or make a phone call. It's, it's just silly to live a life like that, and it doesn't impress anybody. I don't know why we do that, but I do know that that is not the road to success. It is not the road to abundance. It's not the road to a joyful life. And that was all I wanted. I was just on the wrong road. 
And isn't it isn't it interesting? Um, for any new listener, just so you know, I always call whoever you believe in that put you onto this planet, source or the universe, because I want you to plug in the name that fits with you. So just in case you're wondering why we do that, that's why I do it. Um, so, Beth, isn't it interesting that the universe gave you many hints before you got <laughs> deathly ill, but you just didn't thing. want to hear them, <laughs> right, right? Right, right, That's yeah. what happened to me, you know, and, and I guess what we're doing here today is we're hoping that as people listen to this call and read your book, they don't, also don't have to get hit with a baseball bat like we did upside the head to get you to pay attention because there's a lot of hints and clues that the universe gives you that your life is out of control. I remember one very dark day that it occurred to me, am I supposed to be learning something about this? I remember uh, having, I have a lot of friends that have different religious backgrounds. You know, I have Catholic friends and Mormon friends and Presbyterian friends, and then I have New Age friends and people, my Universalist church that I go to, and um, so all kinds of people were praying for me and sending me good thoughts and energy, and then when I was in the hospital, different uh, religious people would come to see me, pastor, preacher, um, reverend, right, and there was a a very, very old man, a, a Protestant minister who came to see me, one of my friends had sent him. And I wonder now if it was a dream, if it was an angel. It was just one of those moments that sort of was a cloudy moment. But I remember laying on my back, flat on my back in the hospital bed, and opening my eyes, and there was this kind, kind, kind um, minister looking over me, told me who he was, who sent him, where he came from. This I don't remember. But I said to him in a very weak voice, is God punishing me? Because at that time in my life, I felt that, if you were good, then you would be successful and happy. That was that was what I thought. And he, he leaned down to me and he said in a southern accent, little lady, I don't believe in a God like that. I don't believe that God punishes us. But what I think is that sometimes he lays us on our back so that we can look up. And that was a changing moment for me. And it wasn't until weeks or months later that I had another dark moment. And I thought, wait, am I supposed to be learning something here because until then I thought this isn't fair how could I get sick I'm so strong I'm so healthy I'm so vital I'm so energetic how could this happen how could this happen how could this happen and and when I started thinking wait am I supposed to be learning something here that's when everything changed oh I hear you the moment my life changed was about 20 years ago when I realized through tons of study, lots and lots and lots of study, like you, I'm an avid reader and do a lot of learning, and one of the biggest moments in my life was when I realized that the universe is rigged in my favor at all times. You know, I didn't believe that. Why do we not believe that? I really did have to get hit over the head with a baseball bat to get that, Carol. Because right. Well, and, and many of our, unfortunately, 
many, um, our parents taught us what they learned. They did the best they absolutely could. I never pick on my mom and dad for what they taught me because they taught me the best they could and they taught me what they believed. But many old-time religions taught that you are being punished. Religions don't teach that any longer, but many old-time religions taught that because that's what people understood. Once again, I don't pick on the religion either. They did what they needed to do in the best way they needed to do it. But we were taught that if it's not going right, we will be punished or we are being punished. Or we're not good enough. Exactly. And it's true. Yeah, that's perfect, Beth. It's all about the fact that we've been taught we're not good enough. You know, my parents have never taught me you're not good enough, but these messages are in our DNA from, from generations, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I was very lucky uh, that my my dad really, really did want me to get married and be normal, quote unquote. Um, but my but but he he wasn't um, he wasn't unkind or unsupportive of me. But my mom really, unlike other women in that time when I was growing up was very much you can do whatever you want to do. You should do whatever you want. Go travel. Go do what you want to do. So I had those positive messages from my parents, yet these other messages about not being good enough or being punished, they really are in our DNA from past generations. And so that is why I believe, Carol, that I had such a hard time believing that. And I have to admit, even though I know what you said is true, that the universe is conspiring for my success, I know that I'm a manifester. I know that... Uh, what I put my mind to, I can create and achieve. I still don't believe it sometimes. Sometimes I have to remind myself because these habits are so deeply ingrained. And it's it's something that I have to practice of being mindful and keeping myself on track and reminding myself. And one of the ways I do that is by hanging out with other people like me, like us, that think like this, and also listening to podcasts like yours and reading books like yours. And I still have your book. I was telling my son uh, who I was talking to today, and he, he has been not living here for a few years, and I said, oh, here's your book. So these things I keep around me. To and it's so important to keep mm-hmm. positive people around you, positive social media around you, positive thoughts around you, because we all are just like you, Beth. We all know that we are deserving. We all know that we are worthy on some levels, but we all, because of how things are in the world, we all can slip back into that, woe is me, why is this happening to me, and everybody can have it but me. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> that is until now, before now, before today, especially for those listening that may be hearing this for the first time, I like to say that to myself. Well, that's that's you know that's the old bath, or before then I believe this, but today I know this to be mm-hmm. exactly. And that's like I said, why it's so important to keep the positivity around you, because the more you do it, the more the habit will become ingrained. And one day, you'll look back and say, I can't believe I ever thought that way. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it always like this? 
So let's get back to women being so busy and believing that that is the way to live their life, the best way to live, when you and I know that in reality, when you choose to be so busy, you're actually missing out on the most wonderful parts of life. You're missing out on your children growing. You're missing out on being mindful of what's going on around you. You're missing out maybe even on a great meal because you're so busy texting or being on your phone or thinking about dessert, you're missing the actual meal you're eating now. So let's get back to your book. And how can women use – you have a 10-step ten, ten process or 10 ten, ten, um, ideas on how to calm their life down a little bit and and really get mindful and conscious of what's going on in their life. How can that work for women? And and do they have to, in your 10-step process or your, your 10 points, do they have to do it exactly how you say or can they pick and choose the points? How does that work, Beth? So these are not... Ten, these are ten very, very practical ideas. These are not things that you have to go invest in anything or buy a program or get a new outfit like a yoga outfit or a mindful outfit or get a certain candle or get a blessing. These are practical. They're more thought changes. They're more of changing the way you think and the way you believe. And so not everybody is going to be struggling with all ten issues that I happen to struggle with because I do it in a big way. But even for me, not everyone was um, as difficult for me as some of them. So I think that it's a quick and easy read and ideas. Many of the chapters are only two pages long. And so um, what I recommend is you go through the book with a pen and paper or have a journal and write down what, what speaks to you the most right now. And remember that you don't have to change everything right now. What's most important right now? What's one thing that would, would be most important? You know, in my case... I was sick, so the most important thing was, you know, getting back to work because I'm a single parent being divorced. I needed to create I needed to create income for my family. So the most important thing was how do I do this and not be sick? So you have to do what's most important right now and be aware of the things that you would like to change and remember to do one thing at a time. What we we tend to do, we're so ambitious. And we're so competitive. And most women are mostly competitive with themselves. And so we try to, you know, if we're going to lose weight, well, let's lose 60 pounds instead of losing six. Or if we're going to meditate, oh, I'm going to meditate 45 minutes a day instead of four minutes a day, right? We try to just do things so drastically different and and very ambitiously that we set ourselves up for failure. So um, whether you're changing your everyday routine and how you calendar yourself or whether you're changing, you know, your entire business, you write down the three or four things that you need to change and you pick what you're going to work on now and you put the rest on your calendar to do next month and the next month after that. And little steps are so effective. And and I believe you say in your book, and I believe truly that calendaring things, when you write it down, you'll get it done. Absolutely. When it's important enough to block that time off, and, and you have to keep the promise with yourself because as soon as you write it down, I guarantee you someone is going to call you and want that time. But you're most important, so keep that promise with yourself and do the things you need to do for yourself. I love that part of your book. 
thank you. Well, I still, you know, I allow myself to be flexible. But if I have something written on my calendar to do for myself or something big that I want to change, um, if somebody wants that time, I do not say yes necessarily. Um, I will only say yes if I'm able to move whatever I've promised to myself to to an equally many number of hours. And I have found, Carol, that that was one of the things I struggled with most. You know, some women don't struggle at all with saying no. That, that was a big issue for me, way bigger than some of the other ones. Um, and so I almost didn't believe or I felt it was unkind or rude to say, oh, I'm sorry, Carol, but 9.30 on Friday doesn't work for me. Is there another time? I just felt that was insulting to people, which is ridiculous. I don't know who planted that or how that idea got planted in my head. Because when we call our dentist or chiropractor or, you know, even our massage therapist and they can't give us the time we want, we make it work, we find another time in our calendar to do. So I really do honor these commitments to myself, and I will not move them unless I can put them into another um, equally, you know, if I have an hour and a half blocked to work on my blog or my writing, I, I don't give that space to somebody else unless I can put that into a calendar an hour and a half on another day very, very close. I like to be flexible, um, but I'm, I'm not giving myself away anymore. I hear you. <laughs> that I do think I think that's just a womanly trait for the most part is we all need to learn to say no. Yes. Um yes, I have yes, worked no. with <laughs> Right. <laughs> I have worked with women for a long time. Like I said, almost twenty years and uh I hear ya. That's that seems to be one of the biggest issues is simply saying no, and and no being a complete sentence. You don't have to go into a three-day tirade on why you can't do it. Just, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that right now. That's fine. My favorite thing is, I, I, I'm like you, I have, I have a hard time saying no, uh, a really hard time saying no. And so I um, compensate for that by coming up with some phrases that work for me and what works for me. And, and, and my friends have made fun of me, and they've said to me, just say no, Beth, practice with me now. But it's just not the way that my DNA is wired. I have a hard time with that for some reason. So I came up with some alternate ways for me. Uh, one of the things that I began with is I don't think so. I don't think so. See, that's not saying no, but it's not saying yes. So it eased me into saying no. Uh, another thing, after I said I don't think so for a while, I said something that I love, and it's still something I use when I, I'm saying no today, and that is the phrase, I wish I could. Oh, I wish I could. I wish I could help you. I'm not able to do that right now. That is a comfortable way for me to say no. And as that evolved and as I got more comfortable with I wish I could, um, I then changed it to I can't help you. That's my strongest no I've ever given, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help you. I can't help you, but I'll tell you what. I know somebody who might be perfect for this volunteer position, but that's my strongest no. I can't help you. So I haven't gotten to the full no yet. So like as I said, baby steps. But the truth is is that when I started saying no to these other obligations, I began saying yes to myself, and that really was my commitment to the universe or the universe seeing my commitment to my own work, my own 
writing and speaking and my mission here in the world. And as I set those boundaries up, people stopped asking. They began to respect my boundaries. And people stopped asking. And now I rarely get asked to do something as a volunteer or speak for free or, you know, fix something for somebody that they, they could fix themselves but they don't want to. But um, now if somebody asks me, they'll say, you know, I know that you probably don't have time to do this but I was wondering if you could help me or could you tell me somebody who could help me. So people are often now coming to me in, in those terms, whereas, Carol, when I first started saying, you know, not exactly no is not what I was saying, but I can't help you, I would get people really bullying me. Like things saying like, you know, Beth, if you don't do this, who's going to do it? I mean, you've been doing this for years. You've been running this charity for, you know, fundraiser for years, and what are we going to do without you? People would try to manipulate me. But that, that no longer happens, and it's a process. It's a process. So, yeah, so And that process – Go ahead. I, I was that process say, all started with you respecting yourself. Yes. I, I know there are women out there who are who, – uh, or shaking their heads like, no, I can't, I, no, I can't say no, or yes, I can't say no, they're saying to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, um, I think that hopefully that gave them a little tiny step forward that they can take. Well, it's wonderful advice. It's really, really good advice. And ladies out there, it will never change until you make the decision to change it. So give it, give it a shot. Make an attempt to do what Beth is explaining to you if you want it to change. See, the beauty of all of our lives is we all have a superpower, and our superpower is the ability to make a choice. And even making no choice is making a choice. <laughs> so make the choice, if it's right for you and you're ready to change, to do some of the things Beth just explained to you. Make the choice to buy her book, um, and and change, change your life. Change it slowly. Change it quickly. It's your choice. You get to do it however you want to do it. It's always your choice. And once again, her book is titled From Frantic to Focused. Okay, Beth, um, how important, I, I when I read through your book, which I have to say I sat down and read through it, it, it is a very short book, it's 88 pages, but it is chock full of valuable information that people can use. It's all actionable. There are things you can do, and like you said, you don't need any special guru, any special stuff to get this done. All you need is the mindset to want to make some changes. So tell me, how important do you feel it is that women take care of themselves? Well, I mean, that's the whole the whole premise of if you don't put the oxygen mask on yourself first, right, how can you save other people? So um, depleted, depleted and exhausted is, uh, is not an empowered state. So if you want to be the type of woman who is influential and, and caring 
and nurturing. And if you want to take care of your children, your family, those who are important to you until you become a very old woman, then it's absolutely critical that you put your self-care first because a depleted person can't take care of anyone. In fact, what will happen is somebody is going to be taking care of you. Better advice I can think of. That that was put very lovely. And ladies, it is not selfish to take care of yourself. It is not selfish. No matter what you have ever heard, there is nothing more selfful than taking care of yourself. You know, Beth, I always talk, when I'm doing workshops, I always talk and I say, um, anybody in the room, you know, if you have a significant other, um, this works great if you, well, whoever you live with, you can tell when that person walks in the door if they're in a bad mood, just by how they walk in and shut the door. Can you not? Oh, you can feel it. You can feel it. Right, right. So let me ask you this. I know that you're with Paul. When you are in a bad mood, Beth, and I can't imagine you ever being in a bad mood, but let's pretend <laughs> when you are, or or especially when you were really depleted years ago, when you were in a bad mood, could Paul even breathe right? It was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking for him. Um, and, you know, it is, it's kind of cute. I, I really never get in a bad mood. I'm, not, I'm, I'm a naturally happy, optimistic person. I do, however, get still overwhelmed. I get sad. Um, and, and it's like when he walks in the door, if I'm not myself, you, you can see his energy go down. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking. It's disappointing. It's worrisome. It's concerning. It's the same right. as we feel about those folks that we love. It's alarming. And um, we're so contagious. Our energy is so contagious. And uh, um, so, yes, that's the, I love the way you put that because when we think about how it will affect those we care about the most, it does put it into a different light, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And, and when we're in a bad mood, the people we love can't breathe properly. They're breathing too loud. They're making too much noise. They're carrying on, right? When we're in a good mood, when we've taken care of ourselves and we've filled ourselves up and we are happy and joyous, you look at your family, you look at your significant other, you look at your parents, you're like, oh, they're just crazy. That's just the stuff they do. Nothing they do bothers you. You just go through your day and just kind of, and so it is selfful to take care of yourself because you are so much nicer and kinder when you are healthy and and joyous and filled up inside. And I think it's, it's good to say this today because I think we do have mostly women listening today, Carol, and that is that the men in our lives, whether it's our husbands, partners, boyfriends, sons, fathers, the men in our lives, really, they want us to be happy. They really want that. They are very unhappy when we're not happy. And we don't get that, I think, as women sometimes. We, we just don't. We think it's like our job to make everybody happy, and it's so we make it so complicated. We think that the more we do, 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 uh, the more perfect the house is, the 
the exact perfect color purple flower in the garden, right? That the, you know, the exact car or the exact whatever picture on the wall. The guys don't care about that. They, they could not give a crap about that. But what they, what makes them truly joyfully happy is that you are truthful, truly joyfully happy. That's really what they care about. And that's exactly it. And it's so simple, about so you making the choice to be happy. Right. Because nothing will make you happy until you choose to be happy. Mm. That's what it's all about. Make that choice. And I work at that every day. If, you know, I have turned off the news. I don't listen to the news anymore. I'm very careful with what social media I I deal with. Um, I'm very careful even who I allow into my inner circle because I want positive joyful, happy people in my life. And I guard my time very carefully. And when someone comes into my life, and, and actually people don't very often anymore because I've made the change, and of course you attract what you put out. So I've made the change to be joyful and happy, and I attract mostly joyful, happy people. And, you know, that's not to say that once in a while something goes wrong in somebody's life and you're down for a little bit. That's not what we're getting at here. We're getting at the underlying joyful, happy, just everyday living kind of joyful, happy. Not the once in a while. Yes, yes. You know, there's something going on and, and you can't be happy. So it's it's truly the way to live life. And so many things have changed since I have changed. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I think we make it more complicated than it needs to be. It's it's truly, truly simple. It, it truly is. It's just about making a choice, and you're allowed to be happy. That's why you were put here for joyous expansion. So let me – we need to – boy, this time goes fast with you, Beth. It always goes. Last time I had you on, my head spun. It went so fast, and today it's doing that again. So what does your life look like? You told us a little bit about the craziness years ago. What does your life look like now? What does your work day look like? <laughs> I I have a bliss life. I have a blessed life. Um, but not to um, – well, and now, look, I'm getting um, – almost defensive about it. I want to explain to you why I have a blessed life. I, um, it, it, this life that I have now, which is blessed and amazing, um, it came from from discipline and working hard and, and, um, and doing a lot of things the wrong way. Um, it didn't have to take me so long to get here. I, I took the, the long, difficult, complicated road to get here. So it's interesting that I'm explaining this to you, right? I'm almost apologizing for it. But it is really a cool life today. So this new book just came out. This is my seventh book. And uh, June 1st is the official release date of the book. And um, so, so for the past couple of months, it's been like writing and editing and, you know, going through those sort of sort of things, which are not my favorite things to do. I'm most joyful when I'm doing this, talking to people and connecting with people. And so the technical things are not my favorite thing to do. And now I've shifted into my favorite thing to do, where my days are 
spent um, doing interviews like this. So for today, for example, every day is different, but today, for example, it was Breakfast with My Son, um, podcast interview with Carol. I do have a private client. Uh, just I have a little break of about an hour after this where I work, will work with a client uh, for about two hours. And uh, then I am working on my business a little bit. I have about two hours set aside to work on my business, and then my sister and I are going out to dinner tonight. Um, it's the things that are important to me, the things that are important to me. My, my, both of my parents have been sick, and um, my sister and I and my brother don't want to have that type of a family where w- when a crisis happens, we, we fight with each other or we don't agree with or whatever. And so we've made it a priority to get together socially once a month and be social so that we stay close. And that's something important, and it's something I protect. And, and I put that dinner with my sister on the calendar, and nobody gets that appointment. And that has allowed me to create this really kind of a cool day, isn't it? That's a really cool day. And yes, I love it is. that. I love that. And, um, and, and it's possible. It's possible to have a, a dream day like that and still be able to make a living and still be able to make a difference. And um, like you, there's no TV in that day. There's no, there is a little social media because that's a little bit of my, my business, but there's not much. There's not much of that. It's, it's a lot of focus on what's really important to me. Oh, you also notice there's not a lot of cleaning in there. There is cleaning, <laughs> but, uh, but it's like a little bit every day. I don't do this anymore of like, okay, it's time to clean the house. Uh, because there's no more clean clothes. So, like, it's, it's more like, you know, a load of laundry every day, a little bit of dishes at a time, um, vacuuming once a week instead of this extreme that I used to live where it was work, 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 work until, oh, there are no clothes, so let's stay up until 1 in the morning and do laundry. There's no extremes anymore. It's, it's, um, it's an easier life. And, ladies, keep in mind... This all started with a choice to want a better life. That's what starts it, making the choice, deciding that you are worth a better life. It's that simple, and it can be that hard if you let it be. But this can be a very simple transition. Make the choice and take baby steps or take big, giant leaps, whatever fits your life, but make the choice. So what is the best way for people to follow your work, Beth? Oh, thank you, Carol. Well, um, you know, of course, I'm on all, what, the big five, social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. You can find me, Beth A. Caldwell. You're Carol A. Briney. I'm Beth A. Caldwell. Uh, um, and the best way to, to follow me is on my website, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, I'll spell it out, biz, B-I-Z, tvshows.com. Uh, that is the best way to keep up with my, my work and to get little four-minute bursts of uh, inspiration and motivation from me via video. Okay, can you, can you spell that out so people uh, spell it slowly? So anyone who maybe not was prepared for that can now hear it again? Sure. So the best way to keep up with my work on this website, Pittsburgh, P-I-T-T-S-B-U-R-G-H, 
Biz, B-I-Z, TV, Shows, S-H-O-W-S, Pittsburgh, BizTVShows.com. Great. Thank you for that. And you are also, you have a Facebook group? Well, yes. Thank you for reminding me, my good friend there. (laughs) I started this group back in about, well, when I was, feeling a little bit lonely during the, the writing and editing phases of my book when I wasn't really connected to people as I usually am, I started a private or a public group on Facebook called um, From Frantic to Focus. So if you are on Facebook and you're into groups, which are such a fantastic way to connect with like-minded people, and um, just go to Facebook groups and type in From Frantic to Focus. It's an open to the public group um, where I share, not every day, but several times a week, I share some thoughts and inspiration and things to keep you motivated. I also do some videos in there from time to time. It's a happy place. You know, the Internet can be a happy place. It can be a challenging place. The From Branding to Focus group is a happy place that you can find on the Internet where you're going to find women just like you. Great. Great. And so, once again, Beth A. Caldwell. Her book is From Brantic to Focused. It is available on Amazon. It's available in bookstores nationwide. It's a fun and inspirational book, a really nice quick read, and full, absolutely full of actionable steps to take if you make the choice that you want to move your life from frantic to focus. So, Beth, our time has gone so fast. We're going to have to have you back sometime so we can really get into some more things here. But I close every podcast with a little bit on gratitude. And today I am so grateful that you have been my friend for so many years. Um, You've been my mentor. I have followed the things that you have done, and it has helped me tremendously. I am grateful for the absolutely gorgeous day outside here in Pittsburgh, PA, and I am grateful for our listeners who take the time to invite us into their homes or into their lives and spend time with us every week. Beth, what are you grateful for today? Well, you know, Carol, as as I learned from you, paying attention to what we're grateful for completely changes our mood and disposition. And so I'm try- I was trying to think, oh, what could I say that would be so, you know, poetic and powerful, right? But I couldn't think of anything. But as as you were, as you and I didn't want to say something like, oh, good health or good weather, but as you were talking, it came to me that what I'm so grateful for, one of the many things that I'm so grateful for is that we as women live in a country where we have the power to change our lives. We have the power to be independent. We have the ability to start a business, have a career, stay home with our children. We have the power of choice. Not every woman in the world has that, and that's profoundly something that I'm profoundly, profoundly grateful for. And a wonderful thing that is, So, Beth, it's time for you and I to say goodbye. Thank you for having me. I can't believe how quickly this went. Yes, indeed. And so, everyone, until next time. 
It's time to say so long for another day. Remember, you, my friend, are an awesome, wonderful, delightful, caring, fabulous, beautiful, giving, super fine, divine being here on this planet to enjoy your ever-expanding possibilities. Follow your bliss, allow your light to shine, and by doing so, you are automatically giving your best to the world. So until next time, when we will be discussing your unlimited possibilities, namaste. Namaste.